Hey, this is James. I'm so glad you could be here. This is going to be the last of the series on the Upper Room Discourse. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed going through the uh, section of John chapter 13 through 16 uh, to say that I'm excited about the next series we're going to do on the Sermon on the Mount would be a gross understatement. I am super excited about that but we need to wrap this up and put a nice little pretty bow on it and finish this off the right way and i figured the best way to do that would be to give you a review so i'm gonna flip over um i believe there are two main reasons why jesus did what he did and gave them this specific teaching. Uh, One of them is to prepare them for life after he um, leaves and goes to be with God the Father. Um, He knows that he's going to the cross. They don't quite understand that yet. Grab a, a thing of uh, peach tea out of my fridge. Um, they know they don't. They don't quite understand that. You know he's going to die on the cross, and that on the third day he's going to rise from the dead. What they don't even what they have very little understanding of is the fact that after forty days he leaves, and then day, ten days after that is the day of Pentecost. So, number one, he's got to prepare them for life after he leaves the earth. And number two, he's preparing them for their future ministry. Um, These are the ones that he specifically poured his heart and soul into and taught them more in depth than he did the crowd. And so... He had to, I believe, spend some time with them. And and I also believe that's why he spent those 40 days with with them after he rose from the dead. Um, Remember in Lesson 1 I talked about if he's our example of our lives, we should be changing and we should be becoming more and more like Jesus. Um, In John 13, 16, and 17, he talked about the servant is not above the master. Uh, lesson two, uh, he identifies the one who would betray him. Of course, the prophecy comes from Psalm 41, verse 9. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Um, I talked about how some movies portrayed Judas as someone who wanted Jesus to lead a military uprising. I can't prove that, but I... I tend to hold to that opinion. Um, If Judas didn't really believe, then I don't really see why he would follow him for three years. Um, He may have... um, thought that one day he would get to rule alongside Jesus in Israel. 
Um, I was in. Oh. Where's lesson three? That's weird. Oh, okay, yeah, here it is. Um, at the end of John thirteen. Uh, focused a lot on verse 34 where it talks about that Jesus gave them a new command that they are to love one another. Uh, and in verse 35 he says, the whole world will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Um, I think a lot of times that's why churches aren't growing is because people tolerate one another or people smile and act nice to each other in public and they don't want to get close to people if you can't have a relationship with people if you don't if you don't know them and and relationships are messy and relation you know sometimes people rub you the wrong way and anyway uh lesson four we talked about the beginning of john 14 and uh, I mentioned that um, the word you in the Andrew Womack commentary it talked about not letting your heart be troubled. And he said, you are the one who is in control of your heart. Others can't trouble you unless they you allow them to divert your attention from the Lord and his word. Um, you know, and first century Jews... Um, actually had a year-long period of being engaged where the the guy would go back to his father's house and, and have an addition to the house. They would add on to the his father's house. And then when the he goes and marries his fiancée, um, he would bring her back to that house and that additional room that was added is now the home of the new couple. Um, kind of wish there was more th three generation households. Um, of course, I talked about verse five, you know, Thomas's responses. Well, actually, verse 4, his response is, you know, to Jesus is so real and authentic. No, it's verse 5, um, where he says, We don't know where you're going and how to, we don't know the way. And a lot of people are familiar with verse 6, where he says, I am the way and the truth and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, the, and basically, the whole rest of chapter 14 is Jesus explaining what that means to be the way, the truth, and the life. At least according to John Wesley's commentary, which I agree with. Um, lesson 5, we talked about verses uh, 4, 7 and 11, 2, 11 in Ch John chapter 14. You know, Philip says, you know, show us the Father. And, and Jesus is like, if, you know, look at the works that I did. And I, of course, I went through all of, from John 2 to John uh, 12 explaining the works of Jesus from John chapter 2 turning the mirror 
the water and the wine, John chapter 3, where Jesus teaches a Pharisee about eternal life, to John chapter 4, where he talks to the woman at the well, to John chapter 5, where he heals a man who's been sick for 38 years, or he was crippled, uh, John chapter 6, where he feeds the multitude, John chapter 7, where he promises to give uh, the Holy Spirit to his followers. You know, he did that because he cares about us. And John chapter 8, where Jesus defeats those who want to challenge his teaching. John chapter 9, he spits on the ground and makes mud and, and puts it on the blind man's eyes. And, and then he can see when he washes in the pool of Siloam. You know, he cares about the man who is blind. John chapter 10, where Jesus teaches on being the good shepherd. And then John 11, where he, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And you have to understand, it wasn't to show off. It was because he cares about Lazarus. And then, of course, John chapter 12, uh, Mary pours ointment on Jesus' feet. And, of course, the disciples get indignant. And Jesus is like, or Judas is like, well, why wasn't this money... You know, why wasn't this sold to the poor, sold, and then we could give the money to the poor? And he was really dipping his hand in the pot the whole time. Of course, you could argue that's why Judas was following. Um, lesson six: We talked about the greater works. Um. Interesting thing is, is that they did do greater works later on. And I walked you through the book of Acts um, from the 3,000 getting saved in Acts chapter 2 to the man who was lame in Acts chapter 3 to Acts chapter 4 where they were filled with the Spirit and spoke with boldness. Acts chapter 5, Peter confronts Ananias and Sapphira about lying, and they instantly died. Acts chapter 6, <clears throat> the Bible says that the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Acts 7, Stephen preaches against the synagogue of the freedmen, and unfortunately is stoned to death afterwards. Um, Acts 8, the Gospels preached in Samaria. Of course, in Acts chapter 9, Saul becomes a believer. So, um, week seven talked about John fourteen nineteen through 24, about loving God and following his commands. And this really ties into a lot of what I've been reading lately from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, because in Bonhoeffer's eyes, if you don't, if you're not doing it, you don't really believe. If you're not really following Jesus' words, you're not really a believer. And I tend to agree with him. Um, as we read the Bible, as we um, strive to become more and more like Jesus, we allow the Holy Spirit to change us. Um, God will show you over time different things. You know, don't be discouraged if you have a list of 10 things that you want to change in 2021. And, you know, by the grace of God, you're able to do that. 
and then you get to t next year and then there's a not whole new list of things you want to change. Now, just make it your daily prayer, God, help me to become more like Jesus each and every day. And I believe he'll do that. Um, and there's a section, uh, John 14, verses 25 to 31. Um, I remember the, talking about this because I was taught in a very, very liberal seminary. And they will say things like, well, the, the longer you get away from the life of Christ, the less reliable the source is. And it is true that John was written in uh, somewhere around 80 or 90, B, or AD. So you're talking roughly 50 to 60 years after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And some people credit Mark, who got a lot of his material from Peter, writing it sometime after the fall of Jerusalem. Now, I know that on my own, I can't remember everything. But Jesus specifically said in John 14, 26, that the Holy Spirit will help you remember things that Jesus taught you. It doesn't just apply to the 12 that were in that upper room at the time. Well, 11, Judas is... By this point, Judas has already left. But when you read the Bible and you put the word in your heart, the Holy Spirit will help you to remember things and will inspire you to say things at the right time. Um, some people are... Uh, take prophetic words and they kind of go overboard with it. Uh, and then some people go the opposite extreme and don't say anything. You know, if God's telling you to say something to encourage somebody, as long as it matches up with what the Bible says, you're probably okay. I'd say you are okay. Um... Now, I do know one situation. Let me take a swig of this. Um, my fiance and I were talking about this a while ago. She said that um, a Christian guy that she had dated tried to tell her that um, God said it was okay for them to have sex before marriage. I mean, it's a direct contradiction to Scripture. The same Holy Spirit that inspired the writers of the Bible is not going to tell you to do something that's contrary to what the Bible says. It's not going to happen. Um... That's called playing the God card. And it's sad that people do that. 
Because what it really is, it's selfishness. Um, John 15, uh, we're ta- uh, I'm looking at my notes for week 8. I, you know, he tells him, apart from me, you could do nothing. But, verse 7, if you do abide, you will bear fruit. And then you'll be one of his disciples. We're not trying to win the favor of God by doing good deeds. We do good deeds because we are saved. You know, what do painters do? Painters paint. Builders build. You know, mechanics fix cars. Dentists fix teeth. You know, a chef cooks food and prepares food and cooks it. It's just a normal part of what they do. What do Christians do? We are Christ-like. We're little Christs. It was a derogatory term back in the first century. But as time went on, excuse me. It says in, in the book of Acts that the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Huh. See, in chapter 15, verses 9 through 10, I talked about how you don't obey God to get points. You love God by loving other people. And then Wesley made a point. He said, see that... You, You don't forfeit that invaluable blessing, how needless a caution if it were not to abide therein. So, verse 11, I I I remember sharing that, you know, it's really hard to be self-centered and be happy at the same time. Um, Verse 12 is extremely important. Jesus told them, love each other in the same way I have loved you. This is where the church needs to strive to be at. It can't be just to tolerate somebody. (sighs) I think we really need to make more of an effort to get to know people and build relationships with people and verse thirteen he talked about you know how need to lay our life down for our friends. You know, that's that's intense. Um, and then in verse... Oh, and um, chapter 15, verse 15, he talked about, um, you're not a slave, you're my friend. Um, and then in verse 16, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Wesley's commentary focuses on the mission that they're called to do. Not that they are chosen. Um, week 10 I talked about, you know, if the world hates you, it hated me first. Um, verse 25, Jesus quotes Psalm 69 verse 4 where it says, They hated me without cause. Um, and then week 11, 
last week we talked about you know persecution um, John 16 verse 2 if anyone's you know they think they're offering a service to God by killing you um, but Jesus flat out said they do these things because they don't know the Father they don't know God they did they wouldn't want to kill the disciples of Jesus of course verse 7 is extremely important and he says if I don't go away the helper will not come to you and I, I want you to really grasp this point that yes Jesus was both fully man and fully divine but he was in one place the Holy Spirit and dwells every single believer on the face of the earth. Now, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's in the Sermon on the Mount. We will talk about that in the future. Right now, there's two billion plus people claiming to be followers of Jesus. Some people would say that not people that are in the Catholic Church aren't saved I would say I don't agree with you because the Bible says anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved Romans 10 13 um, they do have a lot of extra traditions that I don't agree with but so if you even if you took away all the Catholics you'd still have over a billion people who claim to be followers of, followers of Jesus Christ. Oh, it's been a long day. Um, and then he tells them that you know that you the spirit of truth in verse 13 will guide you. Um, he will glorify me. And then get to the end of the chapter, verses 16 to 33, and that's what we're going to cover here in these few minutes. Uh, in verse 16 through 18, he says, a little while. Uh, Wesley talks about in his commentary that this is a, in reference to his death, burial, and resurrection. They don't know it's going to be three days. Later on, um, and I think a lot of this had, um, Paul was huge in showing people that Jesus fulfilled prophecies in the Old Testament. Once Paul was empowered by the Holy Spirit, he was able to do that. In verse 20, he says, You will weep, but the world will rejoice. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever been to Super Bowl, Game 7 of the World Series, um, and your team lost, and, and your buddy's team won, that can be very impacting. 
In fact, <laughs> it's funny. I, I'm as I'm, I'm kind of moderate to conservative. Technically, I've never actually voted for the winning president. And um, I can remember. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm trying to remember Bill Clinton. Um, ninety two. I don't think I was home. Or was it ninety six? Anyway, yeah, I, I remember that, you know, when he won the second time, sitting in front of the TV, just weeping. And it's like, oh, crap, four more years? Yeah. So, and I, I, I can remember... Um, you know, in the early 90s, I was still a Bills fan because I was from originally from upstate New York. You know, you cheer for the Bills four years in a row and they lose the Super Bowl all four years. It can be very frustrating. I don't think I changed teams until 96 because... I was planning on moving back to to New York, and and then when I I got out of the military, I decided to stay in Oklahoma. But the point is, verse twenty one, verse twenty two. Jesus said, "You know, there's he's comparing it to labor birth, and I have no idea what that feels like. I just know it's painful. But when it's over and the child is born, there's great rejoicing." I remember holding my youngest daughter for the first time and just feeling the sense of awe and connection to her and connection to God. And it was just an amazing moment. Um, I touched on this last week, but I want to just get back to it real quick. In verse 23 and 24, Jesus says, you know, whatever you ask in my name, um, Asking things in Jesus' name does not mean we rubber stamp our prayers so we can just get what we want. Uh, We have to dig into the Word and allow the Bible to change us from the inside out. So then when we pray, we're asking for things that are in the will of God. And then God will bless that. Uh, you know, some people in the whole name it and claim it. Let there be a red Corvette in my driveway in Jesus' name. It's like, no, you don't need one of those. Um, it's interesting that in verse 25 through 28, Jesus kind of sums up everything and he tells them, I'm leaving and I'm going to the Father. And then in verse 29 and 30, they 
they finally get it. And then the reward for them finally getting it is to tell them that, oh, by the way, you're going to have tribulation in this life. Life is not going to be easy as a follower of Jesus Christ. It wasn't for them back in the first century, and it won't be now. Such a great way to try to get new, new converts. Yeah, follow Jesus and your life will be difficult. The reason it's there's difficulty is because you're learning how to say no to sin. You're learning how to say no to your flesh. And by the way, your flesh will never be satisfied. Whether it's, it's not just alcohol or drugs, it's food. Um, gosh, as a hospital chaplain, I have seen hundreds of people who have lost their feet because of diabetes. I think I've seen one person in my entire career that actually had a war injury. One. It was a person in Oklahoma City. So, but Jesus wraps it up and he says, don't lose heart. I have overcome the world. And that's the bottom line. He is in control. He is in charge. He is Lord. And if you follow him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he will get you through difficulties. It may not turn out exactly the way you want it to, but he'll get you through it. And that, my friends, is the end. We are done with the Upper Room Discourse. I promise you, tell your friends, family, loved ones, we are going to start the series on the Sermon on the Mount next week. This is going to be some real good stuff. I am studying uh, Cost of Discipleship all over again. Uh, it will be a lot of material from Dietrich Bonhoeffer and you will hopefully get to see why I consider him to be one of the greatest theologians of the 20th century. Until then, I hope you have a great week. And um, if you have TikTok, um, I, I have some like inspiring... I... I, I it's more helping people deal with self-esteem issues than anything else. Uh, if you look for James Paul White on TikTok. I also have a second uh, TikTok channel. It's called Confessing Church USA. Uh, by the way, we have started a second YouTube channel. It is also called Confessing Church USA. So, going to be busy. But I'm trying to share uh, some of the early uh, thinking of Dietrich Bonhoeffer or Karl Barth. Uh, I do believe we uh, need the Confessing Church here in the United States. Anyway, I hope you have a great week. Take care and God bless.